So we, we have a new like cleaning lady at work and she's super energetic, super like upbeat. It's kind of like off putting. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, and I, I use, I usually have my headphones in and she has a very like loud voice, but kind of like shrill. Mm-hmm. So literally like, when I have my headphones in, all I hear is the sound of the aliens from Mars attacks, <laughs> but she's super nice. I don't eat shellfish especially and that's I have a principle it's you're paying for all the shell you're paying like per pound and you're getting like nothing out of it Eh, you're paying $20 and you're just like "Mm," and you're done like $20 I don't know I I agree I agree but also disagree yes I agree that like it is an insane amount of money for lobster the last time I had a lobster, I was at this place called the Boathouse, and I literally just got two lobster tails, and it was $45. Jeez Louise. Yeah, see, that's, that's ridiculous to me. Yeah, and, like, it was fine, but, yeah, it was mostly shell. It Was it worth it? Of course, but also $45 for rocks. And was it meat. worth it? It was. <laughs> it was delicious, and the atmosphere it, alone was worth I it. I mean, seafood's kind of always worth it. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Man, one time I went, like, out to the lake with my friends and we brought fit um what are they called crawfish yeah yeah mm-hmm. and like potatoes and corn and we had this plan where we were just gonna like go swimming all day mm-hmm. go for a little hike find a like little camp spot yeah cook this food mm-hmm. and we could not get a fire started really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we would get it started and then like we're like out by this lake so like the wind is just like right blowing it out it, it took us forever it probably took us like two and a half hours to cook this like do you blame shellfish no no the (laughs) shellfish was actually like i don't another thing about it is like you you break it in half Mm -hmm. and you go to slurp it and then you look and you're like oh my god that's poop (laughs) like you see these little brown spots on it and like you 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 tell yourself it's poop and you can't unsee it you can't not know it's poop what are you talking about yeah i have no idea what you're talking about it's poop it's crayfish poop yeah I don't understand anything that's happening right now. All I know is I could absolutely crush some seafood. Even though I just finished all this fried calamari, I could eat so much more seafood. Yeah, I could always eat Mm. endless amounts of seafood. There's a new, like, ramen place. Have you guys tried it downtown? The ramen place? Yeah. Yeah. I really like uh, it. So good. I got, like, the only thing that wasn't seafood, which was (laughs) the chicken ramen. But it was breaded chicken, and I don't like breaded things in my soup. Yeah, it it got soggy super quick, and then like the the breading just falls off the chicken, and then you just have these huge chunks of chicken. You're a picky yeah. eater, huh? I I'm a very picky. Nick eater. Nick is the pickiest oh, eater. Gosh. Ask me ask me a food I probably don't like it. Green salsa. I've never heard of that. I wouldn't eat it. I mean, I have tried it, and it's okay. I usually don't put any kind of like condiments or anything on my food. Oh. Like I'll yeah, put I'll, I'll like sauce. cook it like marinate it in something if I'm like making food, mm-hmm. um, unless it's a one in which I'll fucking like I'll drink a <laughs> one, dude. The yeah, man who eats like, pickle juice or eat, drinks pickle juice. I eat pickle juice you do. with a fork. The man who juice. drinks pickle juice, but I, but also will not put like sauce on anything. That's so especially weird. like salads. Like salads are juicy mm-hmm. without anything in them. Like it's it, the lettuce is literally just water, yeah, and green, mm-hmm. yeah. 
I mean, I'm I'm with you because I also don't like I don't put any dressing yeah. on my salads. Oh, like that's I don't weird. understand it. It's I got such a good right. like. Oh no! Why do you gotta make something so good so stinky? Yeah, I, if it smells so like dog good. shit, I'm not gonna eat it. What? No, no uh-uh. it does not. Oh, we're like take lemons like and limes and sprinkle it like crush them and like have the lime and lemon juice as your salad dressing. That's another thing. Like people overdress their salads. I would agree with that. I can get behind. It that. comes like ranch yeah. soup, especially the ranch people. Ugh. Oh, disgusting. Oh. Even though I did just eat a sandwich with. Cool Ranch Doritos on it, and I love Cool Ranch Doritos, yeah, but I, I will delicious. not eat, eat ranch dressing. Ugh. No, it's oh. I like ranch with like, put it on certain everything. things, but like not on everything. I'm not the biggest ranch person. No, because again, it smells terrible. If your food smells bad, it's automatically bad. Like you can't yeah. just undo that. That's well, I don't know. In my opinion, Cause well, because like, like some cheeses fucking talk about stank. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh. I just, I don't know. It gets so close to my face, and it, like the the smell intensifies the closer it gets to my face, and the more I'm smelling it, the more sick I'm feeling. And by the time it's in my mouth, I'm like, I can't even enjoy this because I feel so nauseous at the thought of eating something that smells like a dead animal. Yeah, I mean, there there are some things that are like, it's it, it's stinky, but it's like you've come to kind of like know that that stinky leads to some some good, the, like like pickles, like pickles don't like smell great. I don't know what you're talking about, but I open up a jar of Clausens. Oh, no. I love so pickles. Good. No, Clausens especially. Like, I don't like garlic that much. Oh, I love garlic. And, oh. like, the smell in, of, of the Clausens, like, you, the garlic is, like, super strong. The taste, not so much. Right. But, yeah. I think the only, like, food that I eat that, like, has, like, a potent odor that, like, isn't great but I still love is anytime I get any sort of Beyond Meat. Like, when you, like, pull Beyond Meat out of the pack, like... That actually for goes fact. for some. It's like, turkey, when yeah. you open turkey up and it doesn't smell like a fart, you know it's bad. That's fair. I can get behind that. Yeah. All right, maybe, maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe it's... Okay, maybe it's not a solid food. Maybe it's a dressing thing. And also, speaking of farts, like, sometimes you open up a bag of Lay's, and that smells exactly like a fart. Yeah, when you open up sour cream and onion like a Neanderthal. Oh, well, I would never. Exactly. Oh, Yeah. You keep the you keep those closed in my house. I mean, I don't think like French onion dip <laughs> smells the best, but it's delicious. Uh, yeah. See, I don't, I don't know. I don't like smelly foods. I think it's sell it's it's smelly like sauces, dressings, dips. Sometimes I don't even like eggs. So I think it was probably like a week ago. Sam had made eggs and she was eating them in my, in my room, and I almost, I almost told her to leave because I didn't. I thought. That Fuzzy had used her litter box. <laughs> it smelled... It was so strong. I... What did she do to the eggs? She cooked them. <laughs> it was just like sometimes Sometimes she eggs are just like... They're just like really, really sulfury, you know? I had food poisoning earlier this week. Speaking of like th- smelly things and things that aren't good for you. Um, I... So my friend had got this ham from Walmart, and he told me about this ham. He was like, ham it's the best disgusting. ham I've ever had. Don't get me started on ham. <laughs> Fuck ham. No, it's it's really good ham. And um, so I went and bought it, and then I was getting, I was like, well, I'm at Walmart, so I might as well get groceries. And usually I don't get my groceries from Walmart. I like to go to Kroger, but I was already there, so I was like, I might as well. And I picked up some ground beef, too, and it was one of the last, like, packages of ground beef, and it was, like, in that plastic roll where it's just like when you push it out it just looks like the plastic's taking a poop you push it out you push um, it out and then i went home and made burgers because i was really excited for burgers and they cooked weird they smelt weird but like they looked fine 
So I ate one and mm-hmm. immediately just like did not feel good and oh. got food poisoning, was up all night on the toilet, you know what I mean? And just, it was not a good time. Oh, and then oh, yeah. I ended up going to work the next day because I woke up and I felt better, but not great. And I have to be at my job at this point. So I went to work and I found out that one of my coworkers, her and her friend went to Walmart around the same time, got the same exact meat as I did. And they made tacos, but my coworker, she didn't eat them, but her friend did and had the exact same symptoms I did on the exact same day. And it was just... It was awful, and all I could think about was there's countless people in our town who have gotten that meat on that day and who were also experiencing what I was experiencing, and it is not fun, and I don't think I'll be able to eat meat, like hamburger meat, for a while. Hello, and welcome to the Lesser Lights Podcast, the short film review podcast. I'm Nick Catrufo. I'm Nick Blackburn. And I'm Celestial Jackson. And we are surviving and learning a lot about each other's palates. That's true. Yes, we are. I didn't know your all's food taste. I knew Nick Catruvo's food taste for the most part, just because we've talked about yeah, food a pasta. lot. Yeah, pasta. How dare you? I say, well, as I've just ordered pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste, what's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food? Probably crab chipino. I'm sorry, could you say that one more time? <laughs> My favorite food is crab chipino. It's this like... I thought you said Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a tasty snack. Throw some logic and reason on a Ben Shapiro. <laughs> um, besides that, though... Like, I don't know. I'm just a big sucker for seafood. So, yeah, like sushi, anything seafood, crab. I'm not the biggest fan of lobster. And, oh, man, I don't know. I was a vegetarian for a year, but I love meat. Like, lamb, prime rib. I all. I don't think I've actually ever had lobster. I've had crab. You should. It's delicious. And some crayfish. And I think that's about all the shellfish I've had. You should definitely get... A lobster dinner. Yeah. I don't think that I would I mean, like I think it. you it's, you have to try. I feel like I would waste a lot If you don't like seafood, then it. you're really not going to like lobster because lobster is pretty like, depending on where you get it, it's going to have the flavor of like that water. So what you have been up to this week? Not much. What about you? I had a real actually. I had a really weird thing happen to me yesterday at work. So one of the things that uh, I've been having to do is go into like dorm rooms and check and make sure that like kids didn't leave any like furniture or like game systems behind like anything of value getting left behind and i've been at work for like seven hours yesterday we're winding down we're in the last building that we had to check and make sure they hadn't left any furniture behind and i'm in this we're in like a girl's dorm building and i walk into this one bedroom and i'm checking the drawers to make sure that, that nothing gets left behind and in the, the bottom drawer the last drawer i'm checking there's a food lion bag tied up mm. And so I open the bag because the bag's got a little bit of weight to it. And when I open it up, there is a decently sized vibrator. <gasps> a, Can you give me an estimation? Like, like a little less than my forearm. Oh my gosh. Listen, listen. It was, it's, so yeah, it's this huge vibrator. It's a cat and nine tails whip, a butt plug, and half a bottle of lube. Like, this is a full kit. 
and I, I, I like, I lost my mind. Like, I just started laughing. I was like, this is hilarious. One, why would you leave this in the dorm? Two, where did you find the time to use this in the dorm? Three, who were you using this on? I don't in think. Lynchburg, I mean, it, Virginia. I mean, I don't think they probably knowing at the school that you work at. I don't think they probably had a lot of use of it in the dorm room. <laughs> probably. It honestly might have been a gag, like just joke gifts or like, I don't know. I don't know. Things were kind of used. Did they? Yeah. Crusty? Uh, was, there a, was there an odor? Filmy. Did it smell like a certain type of cheese? Kind I of mean, cheese. if you no, it just, smelled it, had like I'd a be film. really concerned. Oh, gross. Ugh. I, then I didn't I didn't want to like put it up to my face. Remember how we were just talking about not putting things up to your face that smell bad? Like yeah. that I feel that a used vibrator that's been in a dorm that's been abandoned for a month probably was gonna have an odor to it. Um I just I just put it in a trash bag and threw it away and then changed my gloves. <laughs> um yeah, so that that's been what I've been up to. Uh just chaos at work and uh, fading into the abyss, just sort of forgetting that time exists and slowly losing my mind, but eventually this will end. <laughs> what about you, Nick? What are you up to? Um, really not a lot. Just kind of playing video games. I got I recently got Battlefront Two. It was on sale on Origin, so I've been playing that. It's it's pretty fun. I can see the appeal. Um, well, I uh, just been working really, still working, going strong. Putting in them hours. Putting in them hours. Mm, putting in them hours. What about you, Celeste? What are you up to? I honestly haven't been up to much since last week. Just working. This week I have four days off, so I have some online training that I've had to do. Really, a great adult stuff. But I've been going on a lot of walks lately. Um, my roommate has a dog and I've just been taking him out going on a lot of walks. I haven't been able to do that in a while. So I've just been seeing the sights of town and taking some little trails that are in town, keeping some social distance. It's kind of nice to be able to get out, but still remain, um, secluded. You know what I mean? Yeah. But finished up Ozark and yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. How'd you like it? I, oh man, so it was kind of like, it was really, really good. It reminded me like the ending of Breaking Bad, where you've gone through this whole season of these characters who you know are bad, who you know are terrible Mm -hmm. people or doing very wrong things, but you fall in love with them. You, you are, you almost accept what they're doing is okay. And you're kind of cheering them on in a little bit. And then you hit the last season and everything twists and you begin to hate everybody and you go, why did I do this? Why did I get so invested? But it's a really, really good show. I totally recommend it to people. Um, But I binged through it. I I (laughs) flew through that also because it's like quarantine and COVID. Like, what else am I going to do? Right. But I flew through that and I'm a little upset I did because I don't really have anything to watch right now. But I did watch that psychedelic um, documentary on Netflix, and it's, yes. it's so yes. good. Oh, my goodness. We it's just watched so that good. last night. Yeah, I did, too. It was so Loved great. It. it was it was interesting. I wish that they had... I, I honestly... And this is probably like a hot take. I really wish Ben Stiller wasn't in that entire documentary. What do you have against Ben Stiller? <laughs> no, I love Ben Stiller, Like, but like everybody's like advocating for, for like doing acid and trying hallucinogens, and he's just like, 
I did it once, and I had a terrible experience, which is totally normal, totally right. fine. Right. I, I think it's good that they put that in there. Yeah, yeah I really did appreciate that. No, no, no. no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, it felt like the, the, the general narrative of the documentary was to say, like, LSD, good. Hallucinogenics, good. And if they wanted to, like, kind of, like, show, like, both sides, I feel like they should have gotten more than just Ben Stiller. Like, I would have loved to have heard, like, bad trips. Yeah, I do feel like it was just like, oh, here's this one guy who didn't like it, you know? <laughs> yeah, like... Even like like they, they interview Sting like seven times and he's just oh, like man. I've had bad I've had bad trips you know but I've grown from it every time and it's just like that's not a bad trip story it's that's whatever <laughs> but no I I did enjoy the documentary yeah I thought it was um, really good uh Nick what have you been watching War War of Dragons still come on <laughs> that's all you're watching that's that's pretty much all I've been watching. Uh, finished up, Dave. Mm. Nick, what have you been watching? I watched. I watched The Invisible Man Ooh. last weekend. Um, which was which was not not terrible. Uh, interesting. It, it was like it was like a movie that like visually was really good and like and Elizabeth Moss does really well in the whole movie. I don't really like her like as an actress. I, I think that she's kind of overrated mm-hmm. and the whole movie she's having to play this person who's terrified of an abusive ex-boyfriend who she believes is you know invisible and most of the movie is her like staring into corners and being terrified and screaming at something that may or may not be there and she just does a really good job of convincing you that somebody is definitely that like you side with her immediately there is no question of like maybe she's crazy you just are like no she she knows she definitely knows what's going on and cinematically like it's it's great the shots are great the sound engineering is is spot on there's a certain point in the movie where like the entire plot just com- like completely falls apart on itself mm-hmm. and instead of trying to fix it they just sort of run with it and then the movie ends and it's just it's okay it's it's not the best but like for a blumhouse movie it, it was pretty solid mm-hmm. i i can't complain too much about it yeah i heard a lot of interesting um takes on that and a lot of people didn't like it because of the ending i haven't seen it and i think i purposely haven't seen it honestly because of so many bad reviews i've gotten from people about it but it kind of sounds like a lot of just like new age horror movies for me that they start off so good so great plot falls off falls apart and they can't recover and it just kind of like and there we go and I just, uh, it makes me so mad of like new age horror right now. <laughs> yeah, no, same. It's it's tricky, and especially with Blumhouse. Blumhouse tries to slap out way too many movies, and eighty like, percent of them are just bad. But when they put out a good movie, like they put out like a really good movie. This was not a really good movie. This was a pretty average movie. But I was impressed with the standard of Blumhouse. Yeah, I think. I think we're ready to start talking about some short films. You guys oh, ready? Yeah, I am ready to talk about I'm some ready. short films. I think we got some good ones this week. The short film review. <laughs> uh, so the submission that we got this week was a movie called Dinner with Mom. Um, it's a short done by Daniel Harding about a mother and daughter repeatedly attempting to have dinner, but time quickly gets away from them. That's the that's the tagline mm-hmm. that Daniel gave uh, gave for it. Uh, it's on Vimeo, so I can't put it in the YouTube channel, but. I do really recommend this. I will get into why. Um, well, to start off, happy Mother's Day. Uh, happy <laughs> late Mother's Day. Really, 
this is going to be really sad. Love you, mom. <laughs> she doesn't listen. Love you, every mom out there. <laughs> um, the short starts with someone knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell repeatedly, which I think goes without saying is just rude. I don't understand why people do that in movies or in real life. Like it's just the most obnoxious thing in the world. Um, and it, this this older woman uh, is is frantically like kind of looking around, and she looks she looks like she looks very flustered while the door is ringing. She doesn't almost like she doesn't know where to go. She's like looking to her left and right, and then finally she heads towards the front door, and uh, she opens the door and her there's a younger woman there with a with a attitude problem. And a bag of groceries, and it's it's abundantly clear right there that this is her daughter. Um, the daughter reaches into her grocery bag and hands her mom a jug of milk quietly, noting that it's not like her mother to forget the milk. Mm-hmm. And right around, like right then and there, it was like, oh no, this is going to be a sad movie. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mom forgetting things. <laughs> um, and and like to go with that, like immediately after that, like the the daughter looks her and asks, "Are you making chicken?" And she, and the mom goes, yeah. And the daughter says, um, I don't I don't eat meat. And the mom asks, since when? And the daughter goes, since forever. And it's like, oh, this is going to be an Alzheimer's sad movie. And it is. It really, really mm-hmm. is. The mom looks down at the pot of food and then looks up. And the color palette has shifted to like a super warm color. And now the daughter is a little bit older. And there's a man standing beside her or behind her. And the, the mother gasps like she's just like oh my goodness who who is this and it's very clear that well how, how do i word this it's not it's not clear that the 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 daughter and this guy know that the mom has alzheimer's it's like they're aware of it but they're almost trying to put it on the back burner yeah you, you see what i'm saying yeah like do you they, well I, the son not or the not son but the 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 boyfriend not so much but the daughter you can definitely see like something in her eyes where she's like like, like trying to like like ring her in but it's yeah. like, like yeah. not trying to like say it, it's kind of like, like my mom's old something. she's she'll be forgetful not my mom's old like, she definitely has yeah. Alzheimer's. Like you can see like the worry on her face that she knows yeah and so i don't want to give like a shot for shot retelling of this i just want to kind of paint the picture of the sequence that you're you're about to go into um the rest of the short shows time just slipping away from the mother as her daughter goes from this moody adolescent to a fully functioning adult with a child on the way and as the you know time goes on, the mother is aging, and she's becoming more of a nervous wreck. As the people around her seem slightly confused, and like I said, somewhat aware of her debilitating condition. As the short comes to an end, it it just is a constant reminder that time is not stopping, and parents are not getting any younger. I had actually had a conversation with my mom uh, around Christmas about aging, and she said it just sort of like hit her one day. She looked in the mirror and suddenly realized that she was 50. These are her words, not just putting a number on my mom. Uh, she said she looked, she thought that she looked like she did in college until one day just, she just didn't. And I, I, I'm going to make a, a crude comparison compared to what she was saying, but I, I can remember when all of my hair started falling out and I just shaved my head and looking in the mirror and be like, I'm not this party boy, invincible wild child. I felt like, oh man, I need to get a 401k and a Dino Glow 4 burner. That's a grill. <laughs> Time is strange. Getting old is very strange. But the short is very, very sad and very, very truthful for a lot of people. Um, 
but I think the short is incredibly well made and I really don't have anything negative to say about it. The cinematography in it is flawless. The color shifts are beautiful and the set itself has such a homely comfort to it. I don't know. I I really tried to think of something that I didn't like about this short, but as a whole, I I really really like it. Nick, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought I thought it was really really sad. Um So, it took me until the uh where she's making the the chicken mm-hmm. to realize that it was an Alzheimer's um film. And I th- I really think the way that they did it I mean, I can't I can't speak on it because I don't know from experience, obviously. But like that's how I would imagine it is. Like, like every day kind of like bleeds in together, you know. Yeah. Um. My my sister in law's father has advanced stages of Alzheimer's, and the last time I saw him, he was kind of talking about um, him and his wife meeting, hmm. and the story that he was telling was that they met in. In Vietnam, hmm. which isn't true. Oh dear. Yeah. So it's kind of like just live. It's basically it's literally living in an altered reality. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very scary. And like when when I start to like forget things or like and I'll, I'll like get scared sometimes. And like, Same. Like, do I have? Yeah. It's. Are these it, the it's early terri- signs? It's terrifying. And like, like I can't imagine what what she what my sister in law goes through. Like, you know knowing that one day like he will forget who she is right you know Mm -hmm. yeah so this this movie actually brought up a lot of like emotions for me and like thinking about my family right it was was very sad um but other than that like the (laughs) i I actually really love the color palette that they chose for this movie like each scene even like the chicken like yeah like the way it just like popped like everything around like it was the like the focal point you know right um, and every kind of like every time the the scenario changes, like the the whole color palette kind of shifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like that. It's so good. <laughs> what about you, Celeste? I this short, it is very sad. I I know we've all said it, but it is a very <laughs> very sad short, and I absolutely love it. And. I, I watched this short after I took um, a pretty long walk, so I was already feeling pretty just, like, relaxed and comfortable, and I sat down on my porch and I watched this, and I almost was just crying outside. Um, mm-hmm. It's really good, um, but yeah, besides the, the sadness of it, the, the color palette, yes, beautiful. I am a big sucker for color palettes and lighting and how they do that right. in, in films. So this hit it spot on. I think I think the the cameraman and the director of this are just they have a lot of talent, and you can you can see that there was something that meant like this meant something yeah. to the director to the filmmakers. Um, and I feel like everybody who was a part of this, it was just so detailed and meticulous. The acting, I will say, from the daughter, I didn't. It, th- it would throw me off a little bit because it just felt she was trying a little bit hard. I will say that. That is one flaw I didn't. But it, it's so subtle. Mm. It is so subtle yeah. that it's like it doesn't matter because the rest of it is so spot on. It's almost just like it's an afterthought. It's like if you're really right. sitting there and analyzing it. But no, I really I really do love this. And I think that um, what a wonderful submission. Thank you. 
for yeah for sharing this with us one thing i want to say about the camera work mm-hmm. is when sh- when it fir- when you first like realize that it's kind of like time is is wibbly wobbly for her mm-hmm. uh and the camera like um was it? the camera kind of stabilizes on her head yeah so like everything's mm-hmm. moving and like that was that was trippy like i i saw it at first like i was actually walking i was watching on my phone at work mm-hmm. so like I like didn't really notice it, but like I took it back because I thought that's what I saw. And yeah, yeah, it 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 really really adds to that kind of like, like is this reality? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna give this short nine belated Happy Mother's Day cards. Okay, okay. That they showed up like two days late. Like it yeah. was on Sunday, but they showed up on Tuesday. Mm. Okay. What you feeling? I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this eight Mother's Day card eight. Eight Mother's Day cards, and then like a gift card to Coles. Ooh, Coles cash. <laughs> I'm going to give this. I'm going to be right in the middle. I'm going to give this eight point five. So like eight Mother's Day cards, and then one of those like cheesy gift certificates you put in the card. That's like you get a free hug. Um, <laughs> that I always did. Um, I I made a booklet for my mom like almost every Mother's Day as a kid because I was just like she lost all of them. I'm just gonna remake them. Um, but yeah, Mother's Day cards, eight point five. I I want to give this a nine, but I want to be right in the middle with you guys. I just think it's it's great. It's I awesome. think that's fair. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> all right, Nick, tell us your Mother's Day short. Right. Happy yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. Happy so my Mother's my Day. film also has has to do with mothers. Um, there's a film called Oni or in English it's The Demon um, and it was by Kiyachiro Kawamoto it was released in 1972 and it is a it's, an, it's a stop motion movie but it's in the style of like a bunraku mixed with like kabuki theater mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's very interesting it's very wild like they, it actually looks like puppets yeah um, and I had seen this film a long time ago and I, I kind of show it to people every now and then. I showed I showed it to you a while ago as well. Yeah. Um, and Celeste, I think you had you said you had seen it before. Yeah, I, I had seen it. It's an adaptation of a tale from a 12th century anthology called Kanjaku Monogatari, I think. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, and so it's a story about a, a sick mother and her two sons. And the two sons go out hunting and they encounter a demon and then they, they go back home. Um, but this tale kind of has a twist that I, I actually didn't pick up the first couple times I watched it. Um, so the, it's narrated by like title cards, mm-hmm. um, instead of like an actual like voice narration. Right. And I found a, I found a version with, with English subtitles at the bottom. And so the story is that it starts off with this, this, what I think is like a, a story being told because mm-hmm. like a person and like two children sitting in, in front of that person. Okay. And you see this kind of like ghost figure fly down and land into this baby. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of tells the story of like this woman who grew up in poverty and then she had like an abusive husband and she fell ill at like a young age. She had two sons um, and she like didn't get to enjoy life. And so then her sons come in there. That's kind of where the story picks up. It's like her sons come in. They're like, "Hey, we're going hunting." Um, and she's like, "The night, the night's so dark. Be careful." Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so they go out, and the, the way this the set is for this film, it's like these these 3D like figures, like puppets, is what they're supposed to look like. Um, but the set is like 2D layers. It's like like if you were to go to like a theater, like how they would do the set, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really really like that because it kind of gives it that that like kabuki theater, like you know I'm watching this like puppet show. And the the like sound for this is very traditional. It goes along with like you know they're they're like walking and things like that. And so they get to the, their their hunting spot, and one of them gets up in a tree, and one of them hides in a bush, and the one that's in the tree gets attacked by this deer. An arm comes down and grabs it by the hair, and I I believe that the idea is that it's dark and they can't actually see each other because he calls out the one that on the ground calls out to his other brother and says just yell so I can know where to where to uh, shoot my arrow. And so he shoots his arrow and cuts off this demon's arm. And they then it shows him like traveling back and they examine the arm. And they get back to their house and they open the door and their their mother falls out and is missing an arm. Has just a bloody stump. Happy Mother's Day. And the <laughs> right there the 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 guy is one of the brothers is holding the the arm and he, the camera kind of like starts to shake, and it was very reminiscent of like super early anime. And I really, and it also reminds. This is kind of weird, but it also reminds me of that scene in the very first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, when they get back to their hut and Splinter's gone, mm-hmm. and the camera starts to pan around Raph, and he's like shaking. Like, yeah, that that always like, like that scene scared me as a kid, honestly. But it's the, it's the lighting. On- yeah and so so the mother comes and takes the arm back and starts eating it and then her face turns into this demon's face and she kind of like does this dance and like goes off into the darkness basically um and then it kind of ends by telling this telling you that in the ancient times that old people when they got too old became demons and there's a lot of cultures around the world that that have this kind of like staple in their in their culture that is like when you get to the certain age like you have a, a a cultural responsibility or a social responsibility to die and like that it's this film is such is such a contrast from your film um which is kind of like why I wanted to to do this film right um where this kind of like shows this image of of what people like used to think mm-hmm. or like i don't know i don't people like it, especially like nordic traditions like the atastupan where it was tradi- it was it was a ritual for people to kill themselves once they reach a certain age so they're not like you know a burden on their a family or society. whatever yeah mm-hmm. um i believe native native americans had like a same kind of thing where when people reached a certain age they would go off into the wilderness to die um and like it's it's very it's very sad. He has a lot of other great works. I do want to say, um, and I think there's another one. It's called the Dojoji Temple, and I, which is I, I, one I think I'm gonna have to review at some point. Um, but it's very interesting to me. What did you think, Nick? I actually really like this. Uh, the first time you had shown it to me, it it, it wigged me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, just yeah. like the way that it's filmed and the the almost omnipresent sense of dread throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing yeah the, the whole the whole film is like the background is just like completely black and yeah. like the sets are either like 
kind of like 2D layers or just like an image. Like when they're at their house, it's just a door. Yeah. And, yeah. and just like the music is is very, it's very traditional, but it's very tense. Like there is mm-hmm. really yeah, I no I can't point. remember what that instrument is called, but like for uh, Boon Raku, it's like that is like the instrument you use to do the music. And usually uh, the all the voices are voiced by one person. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, it, it, it did a really good job of creating this very tense and like stressful atmosphere and yeah we were watching it and i i didn't really know why you were showing it to me at first because i i've i've i'm not necessarily afraid of claymation or uncomfortable with claymation as you know we've we've reviewed claymation shorts on this podcast before Mm -hmm. but as soon as it came on i was like oh i don't like this like this is creepy this is this is bizarre and but by the end like when you know the, the mom is eating eating the arm and just mm-hmm. the face that she makes and this dance that she does like it's yeah it's wiggity but it's so cool i i actually really really liked it um i don't know i don't i don't have a lot to say other than that it's it's super stressful it's super dark and it just it feels like i and, and this could just be a feeling that i got when i watched it but it felt like the people like the the characters in the short almost like knew that i was watching I don't know how to like word mm-hmm. that that doesn't sound like because, because it's like it's like you're watching a theater it's yes, like you're there yes, with them yeah exactly it's like i was in a theater with them and it's so it's it's weird to feel that in a claymation puppet slash puppet show like yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's it pulls you in really well so if you if you're you know if you're into super creepy dark dreadful things and this is this is a fantastic choice and Happy Mother's Day. Celeste, what did you think? <laughs> I I really like the short. So I first saw it in high school when I was in English class and clash <laughs> in English class and we were English studying um, Chinese and Japanese and kind of um, Asian culture. And um, when I first saw this, like everybody in my class was freaked out, but I absolutely loved it. It is very creepy and eerie and tense, like you guys said. Um, but the demon, so this um, this short is actually done with real puppets so he is a puppeteer like that's what he does Mm -hmm. um so this was done with real puppets it looks like stop motion and it is but um that's why the background is all black is so you can't see the strings he grew up with this tale and a lot of people were kind of pushing this guy to be more um to like go back um into his own country's history and so he kind of does this all uh, kind of a lot of his shorts after this go along with these tales that have been told kind of throughout their history and it's just super interesting um so i know we kind of already touched on that a little bit but it's just it's super interesting to go into and it just makes the short phenomenal yeah his he has like a signature kind of style and he even has a couple movies that are very like a, a little bit more cartoony like the the puppets are a little more like cartoony um characters um but I, I, like, his style is so, like, aesthetically pleasing to me. It's, like, mm-hmm. the it kind of hits that, it hits that spot where it's, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, these, like, muted, dull colors. And, like, I I love, like, stories based in, like, ancient China or ancient Japan. I don't know why, but, like, I just do. Like, I love stories. I'll listen to, like, podcasts about, like, Japanese and Chinese history all the time. Um, so like this, this film kind of like, um, it's, it's a special place for me, man. 
How many belated Mother's Day cards would you give it? I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it 10. Wow. Yeah. 10 belated Mother Day... (laughs) 10 belated Mother's Day cards, but they're all Wayne Brady themed cards. And when you open it up, it's it's the uh, sound bit from that commercial, the Folgers commercial he used to do. (laughs) Dang. I... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are some expensive cards you got there. Hey, man. It's worth the price. Mm. I I really did enjoy this, and it it still spooks me. Like you, Every time I watch it, it still just makes me feel like I'm being watched and that they are very alert of my presence. And I just, I feel really just, I feel really spooked watching it. I know I just said that, but it, that's just Do you like feeling spooked? I do. I love feeling If If it can scare me, I... I automatically just I, I I put it up on a higher level yeah. just because nothing no movies don't really right scare you, you want to be like totally you want to you want to get your butthole tight and sometimes you just need kind of movie that doesn't <laughs> I need you. something that's gonna tighten up my butthole and this yeah. movie certainly does this that did it uh, I'm going to give this movie seven Blade of Other's Days gift cards but one of them somebody doesn't love their mommy one of them has a crisp twenty in it ooh ooh mm-hmm. yeah. Happy Mother's Day. What do you think? <laughs> um, I'm right up there with Nick B. I'm going to give it 10 belated Mother's Day cards, and all of them are cats with attitudes. They're like, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thanks for everything, I My guess. My mom would you know, love Like, those. all those really attitude ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. It was good. Uh, I think everyone should go watch it. I agree. Same. Celeste, what do you have? I have a short that's not about Mother's Day. <laughs> I didn't get the memo that we were doing a Mother's Day themed uh, podcast sort of today. I can't relate it to Mother's Day at all, so I'm just going to go into it. It is called Eight, and not spelled out Eight. It is the number Eight. And it is a Swedish film done by Asim Vasik, which I think that is how you pronounce his name. Probably not. I probably butchered that as well. But it was done in 2010, and it is an award-winning film about two soldiers on kind of these opposing sides caught in this game of cat and mouse. And the entire short takes place in this extremely snowy landscape wilderness that seems to be deserted, except for the two soldiers and this one owl. It starts off with this fighter pilot who's being shot down, and um, you don't really get to see him. You just hear... Um, him going down and this other soldier just pops up out of the ground and immediately I kind of fell in love with the style of this guy um, with the filmmaking and the camera work but um, you see him kind of tracking the soldier tracking this fighter pilot who has is bolting down from the sky and it's just it's a really good really beautiful shot and as he begins to close in Um, The fighter pilot kind of crashes and he gets out and he's kind of adjusting himself and this soldier sees a pilot untangling himself from the parachute and I don't know before I get into the rest of the short I want to describe these two characters because it's really important I think throughout the short. Um, The fighter pilot is this tall, very quirky dude who just seems to have no choice but to join the war because his mama, like to make his mama and papa proud. Um, But he seems also really smart throughout the short and 
kind of, as time will tell, you get to see he's a little bit of a fool. But right away off the bat, you kind of think he is very, very smart. And I'm this other guy, this soldier. I'm going to call him Barbed Wire Billy. <laughs> because barbed, his, wire Billy. barbed Wire Billy. Barbed Wire Billy. So Barbed Wire Billy has this gun and that's why i want to call it like barbed wire barely he has this gun and it's just covered in barbed wire on the muzzle and it's just really gruff and i don't know i think the prop of that was just so detailed and it was great and he's just really really gruff dirty guy who just seems stone cold and ruthless and he just seems like he was built for war and i mean he has barbed wire surrounding his gun and he smokes more cigarettes than he does oxygen so um this is a really, really tough dude. And throughout the short, these two guys kind of find themselves in, like I said earlier, this cat and mouse battle of wits. And Barvar Billy um, kind of takes out pilot dude and puts him into custody. And they just begin to trudge through this forest. And as they're walking, Barvar Billy, he'll get distracted. And, and honestly... I don't like this is the part of the short where it kind of made me mad because <laughs> it kind you kind of lose it, but it comes back on track. Kind of fast forward, the short's a little bit kind of redundant. It kind of repeats itself in they're in this battle of wits where the fighter pilot he escapes, he gets shot, gets back captured. Barbed wire Billy goes back after him, kind of just like this cat and mouse chase, but. They communicate, like, this short is completely silent, and they communicate only through, like, these kind of grunts. And Barbed Wire Billy's grunt is kind of the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life, but I think it was so perfect for his character, because it's just like this. <laughs> I don't even can't know really how do, call I can't even do it. <laughs> like, my, my cat makes that noise when she's calling it birds. <laughs> yeah, it's not very humanistic but i would i would assume that's what your throat would sound like if all you did was smoke cigarettes and sat in the cold all day um so as they're walking kind of barbed wire gets distracted the pilot guy the one that we're talking about he tries to make his escape again but he gets shot and at this point this kind of one you think he's dead and it kind of just pauses on that but then it picks up um to barbed wire billy kind of cutting into the snow around his foot and at this point, you don't really know what he's cutting around, but you kind of start seeing this tin circular thing, which I eventually assumed was a landmine, but I, I kind of grew up with an army, so I'm kind of an army brat, so I kind of knew what that was right away. And he's holding his gun, and the pilot guy begins to kind of wake up, and barbed wire Billy makes his, <laughs> I can't even do it sound. That was so bad. Um... <laughs> Something like that. And the pilot guy <laughs> trudges back up and he walks over to Barbed Wire Billy and he looks down to see the landmine and Barbed Wire Billy is trying to make him replace his foot on it so he's just stuck in this snowy wilderness where if he puts his foot off this landmine, he blows up. And they end up getting into this tussle and the pilot ends up getting the gun. For a moment, you just kind of see this pilot walking off. But then... Barbed wire Billy does his thing again, and the pilot looks back, and he looks down, and he himself is standing on a landmine. And that's kind of where the short ends. But describing it, it kind of sounds a little bit boring. But throughout the film, I actually fell in love with it because of the shots. And they 
put the camera in places like on the gun and the way they turned the camera it reminded me a lot of like the Sherlock Holmes movies where he's slow-mo fighting but this short wasn't done in slow-mo at all I think they might have done a little bit of editing to speed up certain shots but the way they placed the camera really made it feel like you were a part of it and it was also done with a very unique and comedic style but it could come off as drama work as well and I don't know. I really did love the short. I know I kind of rambled on about it. What do you guys think? I think you guys can do a better <laughs> job of describing maybe, it a little bit. But uh, I, I actually didn't really like this at first. Um, I, I didn't like the way it was shot. Um, mm. So it's a little kind of kind of preconceived on that. Um, and at first, it, it seemed like it was going to be like this kind of quirky movie because the guy's like trapped in this parachute trying to get out. And this other guy shows up and goes like, I don't, it's just like that, that noise was so weird. Um, but at the end of this movie, I did kind of like it. I appreciated it. And it's funny that you call it a cat and mouse kind of game because what mm-hmm. I really see it as is a cat's game of tic-tac-toe. Mm-hmm. Because if you look, uh, who'd you, what'd you call him? barbed wire billy barbed wire billy he has an x on his helmet and in the credits he's credited as an x the other guy has an o on his helmet and he's credited as o um and throughout the film like you know they're basically like one score and a point and one scores a point one scores a point you know they're, they're all like they're making their marks right until the end where they're both stuck in the same position so it's more it's more like a cat chasing its own tail than a cat chasing a mouse. Yeah, I can see That's that. kind of what I took from it. Um, I really liked the camera work. Um, like, there's like, the, the from the long shots, like at the beginning, to the, there's a shot where, there. Um, what did you call the other one? What did you call O? Just the I pilot, just dude. Pilot. I really didn't have a name pilot. for him. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll call him O. Where O was walking with his hands behind his back and the camera just kind of goes through his arm yeah like between his arm and his head that was a really cool shot the scene where he first starts to run away and uh barbed wire billy like the, the camera's on the edge of his gun and it like comes around that was sick. that was a sick shot that was sick um my favorite shot i actually really liked the owl the uh yeah. this isn't my favorite shot but when he like first sees the guy and then it the, you know, you see, um, you see Barbara Billy looking at him, and then you see him looking, you know, basically towards the camera. But you assume it's Barbara Billy, mm-hmm. and then you see the owl, and it's like he's looking at the owl. Yeah, like I really loved that transition. But my favorite mm-hmm. shot is the second time he shoots him, and yes. the camera starts in yes. the like vertical orientation, and like kind of pans over. That that was an amazing shot. That was, was a really amazing shot. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of uh, like the opening scene of uh, Climax. Like the way that yeah. the, the like the snow scene, mm-hmm. yeah, I I did love that beautiful shot. shot. Probably my favorite too. What do you think? I I actually did not like from beginning to end did not enjoy this short film. Mm. Um, I enjoyed like the cinematography of it, but I was I was pretty bored throughout most of it, and I do, but I do appreciate it a little more now now knowing the tic tac toe analogy because that 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 I mean, there's no way that's not <laughs> like intentional. Um, and for that, I, I give it more credit than I was originally going to, but yeah, I, I really, the only, 
value I took out of this was the like the cinematography. Even like the colors in it are like they sort of like wash it like wash it and blend together. Like, and I understand mm-hmm. that because like they're like they're supposed to blend in with their surroundings, but like it's mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's kind of off putting in a story that I already am kind of like mm, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But give credit where credit is due. The cinematography of this is is spectacular. But I don't know. I I did not take really anything away from this. I was, I was kind of bored, um, and I don't know. I th- I I feel like I've seen shorts like this. You know, the the same general mm-hmm. idea. There's there's an old movie. I can't remember what it was called. It was like on Turner Classic Movies a lot about like a a U.S. soldier like capturing like a Russian spy in the in like the woods. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and he like he captures him and the whole movie is him and this russian spy kind of having like a witty banter back and forth and then kind of having this game of who can outwit who mm-hmm. and nobody ever outwitting anybody and in the end they have to the difference is at the end of that movie at the the end they had to work together as a team to like get out of the big problem mm-hmm. this is a team building exercise exactly see yeah. we can all unite for world peace um i don't know i i don't know just not super impressed by this I would give this probably four and a half, four and a half Belated Mother's Day gift cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them, mom is spelled wrong somehow. <laughs> how, how is it spelled? Moom. I love you to the moom and bat. <laughs> um, I think I would give this film probably six Belated Mother's Day cards. But they're the kind that are like, too big for any of the envelopes they have at the store so you just like you know they're not in an envelope and you hope your mom accepts that one of them is a happy father's day yeah oh shoot sorry mom (laughs) (laughs) but you kind of (laughs) were what about you celeste i i think you you are the the big fan of this one i'm i'm gonna give it actually seven because i agree with you guys that it's you know, it's been done before, but I do really enjoy this and I love the cinematography of it and the camera work. I think that that's what made it for me. And I don't know, historical kind of World War One, World War Two, or kind of any war movie I really do enjoy at some point. Well, depending on how it's done, because I grew up with that era. So I'm going to give it seven belated Mother's Day cards. And they're like the ones where you are in quarantine, so you couldn't go see your mom. So you had to send them in the mail. And they kind of got a little rump- rumpled through shipping and handling. And then she didn't really touch them because, you know, COVID. So. Sounds like your mailman now fucking hates you if <laughs> you're getting all this crinkled up mail and shit. <laughs> and it just, it, he just writes on it, sorry, because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Deliver your own mail, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. Man, so those were movies. Yeah, we made it through that. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day. Thank you so much for listening to the Lesser Lights podcast. If you like what you heard, uh, check us out on Facebook at Lesser Lights Productions. We're on Twitter at Lights Lesser. We're on Instagram at Lesser Lights Film. If you have a short film that you'd like to send to us, you can email us at lesserlightsproductions at gmail.com. And as always, we could not have made this more difficult. Uh, Is there anything you guys want to say? Any shout outs other than to all the moms out there? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, I'm gonna shout out, shout out to my boy Free Shavakadu. 
I don't know. I don't have anything to say. Other, I honestly was going to be like, I'm going to shout out Pepper Jack Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Pepper Jack Cheese. My boy Turkey. Um, yeah, I miss my, I miss my boy uh, Honey Oat. Well, anyways, bye everyone. Bye. Be safe. Wash your hands still. Wash and wash your, your wash your giant vibrators as well. Please don't leave film on your vibrator or leave it in just the dorm. Just take them home. Yeah, just Fucking don't leave lunatic. them at college. Gosh. Uh, bye everyone. <laughs>